Hey, it's KJ with Living Christian, and welcome to the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking Podcast. If this is your first time here, what we do on this podcast is read a chapter of the Bible, drink a little bit of coffee, and talk a whole lot about Jesus along the way. Each episode dives into Scripture and discusses it in a somewhat modern and relatable way. I'll also be answering some questions from my social media followers. They'll submit a question if you'd like me to answer it. Oh, and we'll drink coffee along the way as well. Although our main focus is reading the Bible and drinking some coffee, we will also occasionally be doing some interviews, some random other messages along the way, so be sure to check back often. If you feel the urge to support the podcast, you can do so right here on the podcast page. If this podcast helps you grow in your faith, maybe consider sending it to a friend or uh, maybe dropping a rating or review. It certainly helps us get the word out. And also, make sure you check out livingchristian.org for Bible verse lists, Christian blog, an apparel store with a bunch of Christian t-shirts, hoodies, hats, and more. It's awesome. All at livingchristian.org. And if you're there, make sure you use the code PODCAST20. That's a special code for 20% off our entire store, only for our podcast listeners. So PODCAST20. Use that when you're on livingchristian.org. Now, let's get to the episode. All right, welcome aboard. Let's uh, let's hit John one. That's what we're going to read today. So this is the one of the gospels. This is going to talk about the the life of Jesus Christ. Is what uh, we want to do here. We're going to read John one a little bit. I do encourage you guys. It is October uh, on December first. We'll start a study on Luke. I love to read Luke uh, throughout the month of December. Uh, there's 24 chapters in that. It leads us up to Christmas Eve. So get ready for that. If you haven't read Luke before, we'll be doing that here soon in another six weeks or so. But right now, today. We're knocking out John 1, uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about Jesus uh, and John the Baptist, and it kind of leads into um, uh, the, his life a little bit. So let's uh, let's read. So uh, John 1, 1, and this is very important. I'll probably take uh, a moment to talk about this a little bit. Uh, in the beginning, the Word already existed. In my Bible, the Word is capitalized with a capital W. I'll tell you why in a minute if you don't know. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word, capital W, gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never be extinguished. All right, so in case you hadn't figured that out yet, what he's talking about, who he's talking about, is Jesus Christ, okay? So he, what he's saying, what John's saying here is, in the beginning, John or Jesus already existed. Jesus was with God. Jesus was God. Jesus existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Jesus. <clears throat> the, the, and Jesus gave life to everything that was created. So that's a great perspective. If you haven't read the Old Testament... I'm, I'm reading it this year, actually. I have a, a Bible plan that I'm reading throughout the entire Old Testament. So it's an interesting way to look at the Old Testament if you understand what John 1.1 is telling you, is that Jesus was there from the beginning. If you go back in Genesis 1, God refers to himself, or Moses refers to God as we, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus was there from the beginning, okay? So if you go into reading the Old Testament with that perspective— that Jesus was there all along, that Jesus is the Savior, and Jesus is God manifested in man, right? If you go in with that perspective, it changes the way you read the Bible, I promise you. So, the first part we haven't made very far, sorry about that. But in the beginning, Jesus was there. Keep that in mind, okay? Let's go to verse 6. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light, talking about Jesus, so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. 
the one who was the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Talking about Jesus Christ. Verse 10. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are all reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human. Okay, so the Word, capital W, Jesus Christ. So Jesus became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory in the glory of the Father's one and only Son. All right? John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds. This is the one I was talking about when I said, Someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. This is John the Baptist. For those who don't know the story of John the Baptist and some of the other Gospels, John the Baptist is actually Jesus' cousin, uh, and they were born in a similar time, right? If you remember, Mary was visiting her family, and, and when and when she arrived with Jesus in her womb, John the Baptist, in his mom's womb, leapt for joy. Okay, so John has been waiting to to, to share the the knowledge about Jesus Christ. Okay, since he was in the womb, quite frankly, which is bizarre. All right, I have a sip of coffee. This was John's testament. We're actually in 16. All right. So you guys still with me? All right. There we go. All right. So uh, verse 16. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. All right, so that is John the Baptist out there just shouting to the crowds, as he says in 15, listen to me, someone is coming. Jesus is coming. Someone far greater than me is coming. I am here to show you guys who is coming, all right? Let's go into his testimony in verse 19. This is John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, who are you? He came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. So there's probably a time at the, you know, John the Baptist was out there prophesizing. He was out there spreading the good news. He was talking about God, talking about Jesus. So probably at the time, many people thought, well, is this the Messiah? He's living out in the woods, eating locusts, being a weirdo. Maybe he is the Messiah. Maybe he is different than us. So when they questioned him about it, all right, he said, no, I am not the Messiah. Verse 21, well then, who are you? They asked, are you Elijah? No, he replied. Are you the prophet we were expecting? No. Then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah. Okay, so he's quoting the scripture, the Old Testament. I am the voice shouting in the wilderness. Clear the way for the Lord's coming. Then the Pharisees who, went, who had been sent asked him, If you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, what right do you have to baptize? John told them, I baptize with water. For right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. Through his ministry follows mine, though his ministry follows mine. I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. This encounter took place in Bethany, an area east of the River Jordan, where John was baptizing. So John was called baptizing, right? He was water baptizing people. 
it's what he did. That's why they call him John the Baptist, John the Baptizer. And so they wanted to question him, like, well, what right do you have to baptize people, right? And he's like, I'm not the Messiah. I'm just out here telling people that, that he is coming, and actually he is here. So he is far greater than me. Now we're going to get into Jesus, all right? So this is, uh, John's a different book than some of the other ones. He doesn't go into the first part. He, like, we jump right into kind of him being an adult, right? The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one I was talking about when I said, A man is coming after me who is far greater than I, for he existed long before me. I did not recognize him as the Messiah, but I have been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me the one with whom you see the Spirit descend, and the rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. So John firsthand, John the Baptist firsthand, saw the Holy Spirit come down from heaven and enter Jesus. All right. So he knew, he didn't know who Jesus was, but he knew that he was coming. So he was water baptizing, preparing us, right, the Jewish people at the time, to receive the Messiah. So he knows firsthand, right? He saw it happen. He saw the Holy Spirit enter Jesus. So he's probably one of the only ones that I remember in the Bible that actually had physical sight of understanding that. So he believed in Jesus, not just because he knew who Jesus was or the fact that he had been prophesizing but he actually saw the Holy Spirit in him, which is just an absolute sight to see, I'm sure. All right. That's it. Now, verse 35. The following day, John was um, again standing with two of the disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, there's a Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. So it's something important to think about. So John the Baptist had disciples, which is something we don't always talk about. Right. And part of it is the fact that, you know, a lot of people thought that he was the Messiah at the time. Right. This, this man who was out here talking differently and telling people about God and water baptizing. He has to be some he can't just be a, a mere man. Right. So he had these disciples kind of following him. Uh, and it's interesting how the second they saw the real Messiah. Right. They turned and just walked. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher. Where are you staying? Verse 39. Come and see. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went uh, with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, and one of these men who heard of what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and said, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. So you will be called Peter. That was a minute, that was the moment that Jesus changed Simon into Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Come follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, excuse me, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Verse 45, Philip went to look at Nathanael and told him, We have found the, the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, explained Nathanael. Can anything good come from Nazareth? 
which is a funny line. That's verse 46 to me. Yeah, it kind of goes to show you the uh, biases of the time, right? Uh, and we all have them in different parts of the world and the different parts of our country. But Nathaniel says Nazareth, nothing good comes out of Nazareth. He was probably cheeky at the time, kind of being funny, but also being a little serious in terms of Nazareth. Nazareth does nothing. It's a nothing town. Nobody lives there. Nobody comes from there. Nothing good comes from there. Why do you think God chose Nazareth for Jesus to be born? Into the, the Nazarenes. For the sole purpose of the fact that nothing good comes out of Nazareth. Think about how humble Jesus came into this earth in Bethlehem. Family from Nazareth. Just a nobody. And then hung on the cross like a nobody. He wasn't treated special at birth, and he wasn't treated special at death. He was treated as a nobody. I think God is telling us that no matter where we're from, no matter what kind of life we have, no matter how normal and common we may feel, everybody is special in the eyes of God, regardless of where you come from. So we have to stay humble, humble from where we came from, humble for where we're going, but stay humble the way Jesus did. He was just a boy from Nazareth who saved the world. It's, it's fantastic. All right, uh, where were we? Uh, verse um, 47. As they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man with complete integrity. How do you know about me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathaniel exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, king of Israel. This is interesting. There's more to this story, right? So Nathaniel was at the tree. And I'll tell you, if you, if you watch the TV show Chosen, they do a really good episode of this. Uh, so Nathaniel's under the fig tree and, and kind of contemplating his life and talking to God and crying out to God. And this is described in other parts. And Jesus hurt him, not physically, but because Jesus is God, he hurt him. And that's what proved his point to Nathaniel. It's like, oh my gosh, you are God. There, nobody else was around. How did you know that? How did you hear that? Jesus is always listening. Finally, we'll wrap it up in 50. Jesus asked them, Do you believe this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this, he said. I tell you the truth. You will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. So right, this is at the beginning of... Jesus meeting the disciples, right? He just met Nathaniel and proved to him that he was God. And he comes right out. I'll tell you the truth. You haven't seen nothing yet, right? You haven't seen anything yet. You're going to see heaven open. You're going to see angels coming up and down. You're going to see Jesus ascend into heaven after his resurrection. That's what he's referring to. He's, and he refers to himself as the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Right there, right where he introduces and talks to these people, right where he meets most of the disciples during this period, he is already telling them that he is the only way. He's the only way to heaven. He is the stairway between heaven and earth. How can you not understand that? How do you not believe that? It's just so fascinating to me. He was bold in John 1. Bold in the sense of he tells him like it is. He tells him who he is right there. He tells Nathaniel, he shows Nathaniel that he's God, that he is omniscient, that he can hear him, 
and he can see him. He tells the disciples that he is the only way to heaven. He tells them that they're going to see miraculous things. Like you haven't seen nothing yet. It's fantastic, isn't it? All right, I hope you guys like John 1. Uh, I love that. I love spending time with the Gospels, I'll tell you. And, and, and you may see on, on some of my other podcast episodes, we've hit some Gospels. I, I, I do. I love reading the, the Bible in different parts. Uh, I love Proverbs and, and Psalms and some of the Old Testament books and some of the New Testament books. I love to read about Acts, about the formation of the church. I like to read all those things, but there's nothing like reading the Gospels. There's nothing about like reading about Jesus Christ. It's just fascinating to think about what his, his life was like here on earth and how he changed everything. How he changed everything. He changed the course of human history right then. I mean, look at our calendars. What year is it? <laughs> right? He changed everything at that moment that he arrived on this planet. And I think we overlooked that. It's been so many years now, and, and so many people are, and, and forces and the devil are pulling us away from that, but that's the truth right there in John 1. All right, if you have any questions, knock them out on the bottom, and I'm going to answer a few questions here, and then we'll pray, and then go about our Monday, and get ready for the weekend, or weekend, excuse me, get ready for the rest of the week. All right, let's see if we have any questions. I got no questions yet. Is that working? Uh, usually I have about 20 on here. All right, so if you have any questions, is baptism required for heaven? I'll read that one, uh, Becky Lee, in the in the comments. Uh, I would say two things. Uh, there, there's two different baptisms in my mind. One is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and one is the baptism with water, okay? So you receive the baptism from the Holy Spirit when you receive the Holy Spirit, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, period. That That is required for heaven, okay? Water baptism, in my opinion, you can look at this differently, I don't feel it is required for heaven. However, with the stipulation of Jesus wants us to get water baptized, okay? He was water baptized. There's a reason why we just read about John the baptizer, right? John the Baptist. It's an important aspect of your faith. It's important to show the world through baptism that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, saying there, there's some figures in, in the Bible that got to heaven without being baptized. Yes. Thief on the cross. He believed in Jesus Christ right then. And he got to, you know, Jesus said, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll see you in paradise. Period. So he didn't get water baptized, right? So I think if you want to be water baptized, I 100% recommend it. I think you need to do that, right? I think we all need to show our family, our friends, our church, our world that we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. I think that is a, a, a way to show us and ourselves and everybody around us that we're washing away our sins and accepting Jesus Christ. But do I think it's required? No. I think there's some denominations, Catholicism, others, that you know they baptize real quick when you're a baby. I actually truly believe that you need to be baptized when you accept Jesus of your own volition. So not when you're an infant, because you can't do that, but when, later on in life. Whether you're eight years old or eighteen or twenty-eight years old, doesn't really matter. Uh, but that's my personal opinion. Uh, I think that's the case. So I do think that you need to be water baptized. I don't think it's required, if that makes sense. Uh, but teach his own. We'll see. Well, I'll ask Jesus one day what he prefers. Um, all right. Uh, she calls me Kiki. Love your lives. Been watching for over a year. I'm at the beach for my birthday week. Last year, you wished me a happy birthday. Well, happy birthday to you. Love you. Hope you guys are having a great vacation there on the beach. All right. Um, how important is it for believers to be in a community 
is this a commandment? It's not a commandment, but it's certainly um, regulated and suggested in the Bible. So if you read the book of Acts, it's very important how they formulated the church. There's a reason why we just got run reading Galatians. Paul wrote letters to the churches that he formed. It's an important part of the mission to get the word out and for people to accept Jesus Christ. Okay, So I do think um, gathering on Sundays or other, other days, surrounding yourself with the body of believers is very, very important. I think it's very challenging to do it all on your own. Right? I think there's a reason why God puts you in places and surrounds you with certain people. I think we all need to help each other. I think we, we are here, like one of my favorite Bible verses is in Matthew, right? Some, one of the disciples asked Jesus what the, the, you know, the best commandment is, right? And he said that, you know, the first most important commandment is love God with all your heart, soul, your mind. The second, as equally as important, is love your neighbor as yourself. How can you love your neighbor if you're not with anybody? So I think it's challenging to try to have a good faith, uh, faith journey uh, all alone. I think you need people. I think we need to surround ourselves with people that help us because we all kind of falter sometimes. Uh, so it's important for have people around you that can help you. It's also important that you can help others, right? So I think that's the case for me. I think uh, I love uh, being surrounded by people and a community and a faith-based community. I think it's very, very important. All right, uh, what time do you uh, start these Bible readings on PST? Uh, it is Central Time right now here in my. It's 8.20, so Pacific Time would be 6 o'clock in the morning, Mondays and Fridays. But once again, you can always listen to any of these on the uh, podcast, Bible Reading Coffee Drinking, or on YouTube. You can catch up afterwards on that. So, all right, uh, one more question, and we'll get out of here. All right, I still haven't found a church home. Whoops. Church home... Um, for prayers, etc. Where do I pay my tithes? Well, I think um, tithing is an important part of your faith journey, but I, I view personally tithing in many different ways. Now, let me have a sip of coffee and I'll respond to that. I think tithing, right? The old tithing, the the you know the percentage based uh, tithing was an important part of the old world. I do think it's important to tithe. Now, what does tithing mean? It is to sacrifice or to give? Okay, so I do think it's important, and there's many ways you can give. Uh, you can give of money, right? You can give to your church or other organizations. If you don't have a church, find a, a, a Christian-based um, ministry or charity to give to. There's ways you can give your money monetarily back to the faith organization or to God in many different ways, okay? But I also think you can give of your time, and I think you can give of your talents, Okay, so time, talents, and treasure, they're all, in my mind, a form of tithing. So whether it's you're giving money to a local church, your own church, community organization, some sort of charity organization that's Christian-based, whatever that may be, that's fine. That's great. Maybe you need to give your time. Maybe you need to donate your time and, and help people in need. Maybe go down and, and work at a food bank, right? Maybe give your talents. Maybe volunteer somewhere. Volunteer at a church. Run the projector system and the slideshow for the for the words for the songs. Do what I do. I mean, I, I write blogs and run Living Christian. I think that's a version of tithing in some form or fashion. I give a lot of time to my faith, and I give a lot of my time back to God. So regardless of whether it's your time, treasure, or your talents, find a way to give back to God. Period. Okay? That's what tithing is about. It's not about writing a 20% check and going about your life doing whatever the heck you want to do. 
that's not really what it's meant to be, okay? You're supposed to be giving your time, treasure, talents to God in some form or fashion. So give 10%, your first 10% of your life to God, right? When you wake up in the morning, give Him your time. Read the Bible, pray. That's a version. Right, so there's a lot of ways you can tithe. So I would take stock of what you can do and what you can tithe, what you can give back to God, in different ways, and find some creative ways to do it. That's all he's asking. Pray about it. Okay, give him to God. Don't just give ten percent. Give more than that. I'm not talking about your money. You can give your money too, but uh, you know, give give God uh, your your more than ten percent of your day. <laughs> That's what I would also ask you to do. All right, uh, hopefully you guys are uh, ready to go for this week. Um, if you missed any part of this uh, John 1 uh, reading today, check it out on the podcast, Living Christian, and Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking is the podcast name. You can check it out on livingchristian.org. Uh, listen to these anytime you want. I think we're on episode 26, I think, of the podcast. So there's lots to back up. So if you miss any of them, you can go back and listen to any of them. They're pretty, pretty fun. So uh, while you're there, I appreciate uh, you maybe leaving a, a drop in a review or a rating that helps uh, get the word out. So let's pray. We're going to pray for our uh, world today, and then we'll get about our week. So dear Heavenly Father, thank you. I want to start my prayer off today, Lord, with thanking you. Thank you for this opportunity to talk to these people, to talk to my brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for the opportunity for us having Bibles and being able to read John 1 today. So many parts of the world, it's challenging to get Bibles. I think we take for granted the fact that we can just order one on Amazon or go down to the bookstore or go to our church and get one. So many places in this world don't have that opportunity, Lord. And I'm thanking you so much for giving me this opportunity. Whether it's my physical Bible or you version app or what have you, I have so many opportunities to, to read your word. I'm so blessed for that. Thank you for keeping us all safe and sound and strength and giving us the strength to get through this time right now, Lord. I'm asking for guidance and strength, protection. This world feels like it's teetering on catastrophe in many ways. I'm just asking you to fill people's hearts with your word and with your love, and with your strength. Because we know that you can help us get through this tough time in this world right now, Lord. And we're not focusing on that right now, though. We're going to focus on reading the Bible that you gave us, praying to you, and loving one another. We're going to love each other as family, because we're all the body of Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, guys. Love you guys. Have a great week. We'll talk on Friday. I will do a different book of the Bible, a different chapter of a different book. I'll pick it out later in the week, and we'll tackle that as well. So until next time, I'll see you guys on Friday. Keep Jesus on your heart forever on your mind. Talk to you soon.